everybody. Welcome to Finding Love, a podcast about love and dating and romance in the middle of life. I'm Nancy Bruce. So last week I talked about how to attract love into your life. And one of my main tips was to just be open and honest and talk about it. Talk about it with your friends, your family. Just make everybody that you know one of your ambassadors to love let it be known and out there that you are looking for love. And I think that's a great, a great idea. And I highly recommend it. It's what I did finally, after a few years of shutting down, I got really, really open and clear and intentional about wanting to find love. And I told everybody about it and they became part of my journey. And, you know, I won't say that that's why I necessarily found David on Hinge, but it certainly didn't detract me from it. It certainly, they were part of my support system, right? So it's not like somebody I knew introduced me to David, but just having those people in my life who were cheering me on, I think really helped my confidence. So that's what I want to talk about today, the whole idea of confidence and imposter syndrome. So imposter syndrome is definitely a a topic that I covered at length with all of my branding clients. When I was working as a brand strategist and brand coach, I was helping women in business launch their dream businesses, tell their stories about who they are and what they do and how they can help their audience. And one of the main conversations I had as a brand coach was helping women overcome imposter syndrome, this notion that they're not good enough. They're not unique enough. They're not original enough. That everything that they're doing has been done before and better than they could ever do it. This feeling of that they're somehow frauds, right? And it's and it's more than a lack of confidence. It really is a belief that you are pretending to be something that you're not. I think that's really what imposter syndrome is. This notion that you're putting one over on everybody, that you really don't have the goods, right? That you are, that, some, that they're going to, someone's going to find out sooner or later that you are not the expert that you claim to be. And it's an interesting thing. It's, I think it's a universal feeling. I think that most people can relate to it in some aspect of their lives. And I think that many of us just sort of push through those feelings and get the job done because you, you have to and life marches on and you've got to just get going with it. But I think for some, it's really debilitating. And I do think that when it comes to dating and finding love in the middle of life, after you've probably had your share of let's call them romantic disruptions, failures, stumbling blocks, challenges, where you've probably suffered some rejection, some loss. Uh, It is absolutely understandable that you would get to your middle of life years feeling a little bit battered and bruised, you know, feeling a little bit like, oh gosh, this is hard. I don't know if I'm any good at this. Am I even dateable? Am I even lovable? You know, is there anyone out there for me? And if I find that person, am I going to be a good partner? You know, do I even know how to do this anymore? I think that is sometimes at the really at the core of a finding love journey when you're in your middle years is that you really are starting to doubt whether you are meant to be a part of a partnership which I can completely relate to. And every once in a while, if I'm in, if I'm in like a really grumpy mood or if I'm just not, if David and I are just not communicating the way that we like to, I sometimes ask myself, is this, is this me? Am I just, do I really have to get better at being a partner? 
And and the answer is inevitably yes. I think we all do. I think it's all part of our evolution as people that we try to get better at relationships every single every single year that we live, every single day that we live. I want to be better at all the relationships in my life all the time. I'm sure that that you feel the same way. But when you're dating and when you're sort of you haven't found that person yet and you're not in a relationship where you can work through some of your feelings of insecurity, where you can't work through in a safe, loving space, work through some of your questions about, gosh, am I any good at this? How do I get better at it? How do I get better at communicating? How do I get better at being loving and kind and patient? How do I get better at being reciprocal? You know, how do I get better at this whole thing? When you're in the safe container of a relationship, of a safe, loving, supportive relationship, you can sort of workshop all those feelings, right? But when you're single, when you're alone, you all those voices in your head are just in your own head bouncing around. And I think that's where this imposter syndrome really takes root and kind of blooms. This notion of, gosh, I haven't found anybody yet. Am I even meant to find anybody? Is this even meant for me? And so that is what I want to talk about today. And, you know, it goes back to mindset and it goes back to being really clear about your intention, about finding love in the middle of life. This is what I want. I'm making no bones about it. I'm not going to pretend that I don't want it. I do want it. I do want to find it. And I really, truly believe, I will tell you this, I truly believe that once you get very clear about your intention and very mindful about your the practices around that intention, you will find find love. It is inevitable. You will find it. I believe that. But it does take that consistency of mindset. And so how do you really deal with imposter syndrome? How do you deal with those feelings of, am I right? for a loving relationship. Am I, am I a person that somebody would want to be with? You know, and, and, and again, we've all been there. I do think that we've all been there at some point in our lives, especially if you've been single for a long time. So a few things. So here's, here's one practice that you can, that you can try that really helped me. And it is a, it is a writing practice. It is a journaling practice. And I started when I was living in LA this is a few years ago. This is about five years before I met David. I was living in LA. I was in my early fifties and I had moved to LA from Chicago. So I was very much a fish out of water. I mean, I'm a Midwestern girl and here I was living in, in Los Angeles. I did have friends. A lot of my friends from L- from Chicago moved to LA as well. And so it wasn't like I was all alone, but I was very much feeling that way because I was trying to date. I was trying to meet people and I really wasn't sure what to expect. Like, what do the guys in Los Angeles even want? You know, am I, am I what anybody here is looking for? I'm certainly older (laughs) than a lot of the people who are dating in Los Angeles. And I was older at that point than a lot of the people that I worked with. I worked with uh, at an agency, an advertising agency in Santa Monica. And I had a bunch of coworkers and they were fantastic, great, great people, creative, interesting, smart, funny people. I loved them. But they were absolutely all about 20 years younger than I was. And so, and even though I made friends, friends that I have to this day, 
there was that fish out of water kind of feeling. So I did start a practice of journaling, of writing every morning, um, you know, how I felt and who I wanted to be that day and how I wanted to present myself into the world and what I was looking for. And, and also part of it was, you know, and, and I'm grateful that I'm here. This is a new adventure. This is really, really different than anything that I've ever known. Here I am living on the West Coast. I was born in Cleveland, lived in Chicago most of my life. And now here I am in California. This is brand new. So, okay, I'm grateful for that. I'm going to be really, really open to new connections. And the men out here are going to be different than the men I'm used to, than certainly than the men I grew up with, the men that I met in Chicago. It's going to be a different scene. And I'm open to that too. But writing the words down really, really helped me because I'm a writer at heart, right? Like I, I enjoy writing. I, this is kind of how I organize my thoughts. But it helped me just to see the words on paper. It helped me believe them. It helped me believe that I was who I said I was, that I was who I felt I was. When you get that those feelings out of yourself and onto paper, it helps bolster them and it helps you believe that, that yes, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm going to find. I believe in myself. And these words that I'm writing every day prove that I believe in myself. And so here I go. It is really an energizing practice, this daily journaling, daily writing about what it is you want. When I work with clients right now in my finding love practice in what I call the dating love line, my one-on-one clients and I work with the idea of, you know, daily journaling, of aspirational and inspirational journaling. And it's it's interesting when you when you do that in a very intentional way and use specific prompts writing prompts every day it does help you really it does it raises your energy it raises your spirits so part of believing yourself is is having your own back it's showing up for yourself every day and so when you are writing about what you want and and committing to that daily practice of being true to yourself saying what you want talking about what you want, even if it's to yourself on paper, it really goes a long way to help you overcome whatever kind of fraudulent feelings that you're starting to believe in. You know, you don't want to get stuck in the endless sort of cycle of imposter syndrome because, you know, you can you can go down that rabbit hole if you let yourself and and it's going to be a self-sabotaging practice so lift yourself out of it and start a daily journal or even get a get a really great new planner organizational planner i just got one from what's it called selfwork.co I'll put the link in my notes. It is in my show notes. It is a really cool daily planner and it's for the year of 2024. And it really is, it's, you know, month by month and week by week. And it really helps me figure out what it is I'm trying to accomplish on a weekly and monthly basis. And if you use a planner like that for your finding love journey, it's going to help you feel like you're organized, like you got this, like you're going to show up for yourself. And those are the kind of feelings that you need to combat your imposter syndrome. So another thing besides journaling, besides besides writing down your feelings and writing down your intentions, which I think is really powerful, another way to sort of sweep away imposter syndrome is to look at what you're, the story you're telling yourself about your weakest points. Like what 
when you say to yourself, uh, I'm not lovable, I'm not worthy, I'm not dateable, it'll never happen for me. And I get it. Believe me, I have been there. I said those things to myself too. When you do say those things to yourself, go one layer deeper and ask yourself, well, what about me isn't lovable? What about me isn't dateable? What about me is is the part that's never going to find a, a, a loving partner? Like really, really drill in, really explore the story that you're telling yourself about that. So don't just play at the surface level, dive one layer deeper and then ask yourself about how true those assumptions are. So I'll, I'll use myself as an example. When I used to tell myself that I was that it was never going to happen for me, that I was not I was not somebody who's going to just all of a sudden be successful at dating at in you know at 55 years old when I hadn't been successful for 22 years after my divorce, when I was just getting ready to accept my fate. I was just never going to never going to find love. I asked myself, well, what about me isn't lovable? Like, wh- where does that belief come from? What about me? And so I would say, okay, here's here's something. I am super strong in my opinions. I I have opinions, and it's not to say I can't change my mind. In fact, I change my mind all the time. And people affect me. You know, people people change my mind. Um, friends of mine, people I'm close to, people I respect when when they have a, a, a different opinion, I often change my mind because I'm open to listening to other people's opinions. But I'm also very strong in my own opinions. And I'm very vocal about what I believe and what I think. And and so the story I was telling myself was, well, I'm not lovable. Why? Well, because I have a lot of strong opinions. Okay. So first of all, would I even want to be with somebody who didn't love and respect my strong opinions or my or how vocal I am or how much I like to talk about things that matter to me? Would I even want someone like that in my life? Wouldn't I get bored really quickly if I was with a man who didn't want to listen to me, who didn't want to hear my thoughts or opinions or feelings on anything, who wasn't interested in my point of view? Would I even want that man? Here's the answer, no. I would not. I would not want to be in a relationship with someone like that. So I'm not missing out. I'm not missing out on dating or being with somebody who didn't want to hear me speak. Right? So I am looking for somebody who loves to hear my stories, who who loves to listen to me pontificate even, who loves to listen to me wax on about this or that. Because I also would love to listen to him do the same thing. I love to listen to people's stories. I love to listen to people's strong opinions. Some of my favorite people in the world are have have strong opinions and strong beliefs and ideas, and they love to tell me stories about them, and I think it's fun. I love to hear it. So don't, isn't that the kind of person I'm trying to attract? So instead of telling myself I'm unlovable because I'm opinionated, how about I'm super lovable to people who have strong opinions and who want to hear mine and who want to share stories with me. I'm super lovable to those people. And I have evidence of that in my life because all of my friends are that way. Absolutely all of my friends. And the people that who I meet, new people who I meet, I like the ones who are who stand up and speak, who have no problem, who aren't wallflowers, who are who are loud and proud about what they think and what they and what they believe in. So that's just an, one example. And there are so many. I, I, I had lots and lots of reasons of why I wasn't dateable, believe me. But every time I went one layer deeper on that story, 
I didn't just let it sit there on the surface and fester and make me feel bad about myself. I went one layer deeper and I really asked myself, well, what's behind that? What, what about myself do I think isn't attractive? What about myself do I think isn't dateable? And pull that thread and expose it and see what it really means and see what you're really saying. And then what's going to happen is that fear, that, that lack of confidence, that crisis in, in self-confidence is going to dissipate because the minute you shine your light on that stuff, it, it, it dissolves because it's, it's meaningless. You know, we all have that fear of not being liked, right? We all have that worry that we're too much that we are just too strong a flavor for other people. And it's never true. It's, it's, it just isn't. It's just a sad story you tell yourself when you're feeling bad about yourself. And so if you're out there in the middle of life and you're trying to date and you're trying to find love and you believe that that's what you want and you're committed to it, you're intentional and mindful and committed to your journey of finding love, start with yourself. And I know it sounds cliche, but yeah, you do have to love yourself first. You absolutely do. And that means loving all the parts of yourself. None of us are perfect. Each one of us is flawed. We are humans. We're all flawed. And the person that you meet and fall in love with, guess what? He's going to be flawed too. Absolutely. So part of that loving journey is loving all the parts of yourself, even the parts that you think are flawed. And then that's going to make you more open and receptive to that person who you're going to meet and fall in love with, who's also going to be flawed. You're probably going to be less judgmental and less impatient with that person because you've come face to face with your own stuff. It's all, I mean, it's, it's a messy journey. And here's the truth. Part of being human is that we love each other imperfectly. We are all part of the same imperfect love story. And I get it. You know, you're in the middle of life. It hasn't happened for you yet. Maybe you're married and divorced. Maybe you loved someone for a long time and lost that person. Maybe you've never been in love and you've been dating unsuccessfully for what feels like decades, for what feels like a hundred years. I get it. I've been, I've been all of those people, but you cannot go forward with a lack of confidence. You can't go forward burdened with imposter syndrome and expect to find the true love of your life because that person who truly loves you is not going to look at you as if you're an imposter. That person is not going to view you as a fraud. That person is going to view you as a godsend. That person is going to view you as the love of his life. And so be that, be the love of someone's life before you meet them. Come face to face with all the parts of yourself that you might not feel so great about. Know that somebody is going to look at those parts and find them endearing. I will tell you that my husband, the parts of myself that I am, that I never thought that anybody could love, he, he does actually find them endearing. Like if I get grumpy or impatient, he actually just chuckles. He laughs. He thinks it's kind of funny. He thinks it's kind of sweet. Like it's bizarre, but true. It's kind of amazing. Like the parts of myself that I would find the least palatable, he has no problem with it all. And he thinks it's all just part of the tapestry that is me. That's the person you're looking for. And 
when you treat yourself with a little grace and a little kindness and don't get mired in any notion of imposter syndrome or lack of confidence, when you treat yourself with more love, you're going to attract that love into your life. And that's the name of the game, attracting love into this middle of life journey that you're on. That's what I have for you today, my friends. I will talk to you next week. Bye.